And if you make them feel like their dreams are possible and you give them a baby step towards getting it done, they will then join your tribe. They will then pay you money and you will then have permission to sell them stuff. That's the key with speaking on any stage. It's not about teaching everything that you know. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for Community Leaders. I am your host, Kimberly Whitecamp, a conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. And today, talking about the business side of building up your community, one of the key parts many of us try and use are webinars and masterclasses and any method in which we can deliver a lot of information and value and a great experience for potential community members into the future. But it's one of those things not many of us are very confident about. So I am super excited to introduce Steve Werner. He is going to be sharing with us all about story selling and how to do it in webinars. And Steve, you know, six years ago, he left his corporate job to change lives through live events and public speaking. And he since then has sold out more than 63 events for himself and his clients. And he's built more than 138 different presentations, spoken on more than 200 live and virtual stages, including Harvard's Business Summit on Marketing, Influence, and Conversion. So, If you are looking to get information about webinars and story and selling and how they all kind of tie in together, Steve is here to share with us. So Steve, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Hey, Kimberly, thank you so much for having me. Um, I love talking about stories and how to use them on stage, how to help people be more comfortable, whether they are on a summit or speaking at a live event. And I also think that you know being in front of people is probably the fastest way to grow your business. I know everybody wants the shortcut of like, how can I hide in the back? But I love <laughs> to help people feel comfortable and and get out in front of people because that's that's really what changes your business the fastest. I cannot agree more. You know, when I first got started, I was like, I don't want to do the big stuff. I don't want to be front and center. I just want to, you know, provide the services, help people out. And I quickly realized that in order to build the business, right, in order to to be that face that people recognize and, and want to work with, it's because they like working with you. And that means you have to be front and center. And even somebody who had 20 years in theater experience had a hard time figuring out how to make that happen. So before we dive in too much with story and selling and what your magical secret sauce is, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So how did you get to be doing this? You know, you left your your job six years ago and and now you've spoken on all these different stages and made all these presentations. What was that journey like? It was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, I started 
so I worked in restaurants. I was a waiter and then a bartender. And then I worked in fine dining. And then I ended up managing a couple different places, worked for Vail Resorts. Knew that I really wanted to be on stage. I went to a Tony Robbins event and I was like, that's going to be me. Like, I want to do that. So in that fashion, I was like, well, I guess I'll move to Las Vegas because that's the center of events. And I'll just hold an event and everybody will show up and it'll be great because you know, that's how it works, right? You just, you hold an event and people show up just in case you didn't notice that sarcasm because nobody showed up (laughs) to my first event at all. See folks, just a hang a reminder on that for yourselves. You have to promote yourself. You have to market yourself. And just because you build it, field of dreams lied to you. They will not come. (laughs) That is exactly right. I spent, so I spent about $35,000 on that first event renting the space and then a whole bunch in marketing had to build a website. So I hired somebody for that, had to get ads going. I I advertised everywhere that you could possibly think of running ads. Uh, I had banners going. I had Google PPC going. uh, I had a little bit of Facebook ads going. This is uh, 2014. So like I spent money everywhere. I print ads, I had radio ads, but I didn't know anything about advertising or marketing thought, yeah, you just hold an event and they'll show up. Well, they didn't. But what happened from that was actually, it was actually a great thing. It was painful at the time, but it was a great thing because it got me started on the path of marketing. I went to the library. I ended up moving into friend's spare bedroom. They believed in me and they said, if this is really what you want to do, we'll give you six months. We'll see what happens. And so I started reading all the books I could on marketing and I came across something by Dan Kennedy, who is kind of the godfather of direct marketing from the 80s, called Butts and Seats, which was how to fill live events. So Mm -hmm. instead of trying to hold a 1,500-person event, which was the first event that I held, took my last credit card with $3,000 on it. I rented space for 80 people. And following Dan's advice, I was able to sell it out. In about It took took me about eight weeks to sell out that first event. But from there, I got I got really enamored with speaking on stages and holding live events and the whole science behind all of it. Plus coming from restaurants, like coming from fine dining, fine dining is all about creating an amazing experience for somebody. And in return for that, they're going to pay about 10 times what a normal dinner costs. So the place that I worked dinner started off at $400 and went up throwing wine and drinks most people spent five to $600 per person to dine at our restaurant. So when you're doing that, like I was involved in fine dining for 15 years and the thought process behind it is you're giving somebody a once in a lifetime experience. And as the server and the maitre d' for that, your job isn't just to serve food because they can go to Applebee's and get a plate of food, right? They can go, they can even go somewhere that's, you know, organic farm to table, and they're going to spend $50 a plate instead of 500. So what do you do? Well, you have to build an experience. You have to make their dreams come true. Like you have to do some really cool stuff and connect with them in a different way than a normal restaurant employee. So that, that kind of set me up for this live events are the same thing. Like the people who come to a live event or the people that listen to you, if you're doing a webinar, those people are there because they want something, right? They are willing to take time out of their day to attend a summit or attend your webinar. If they come to a live event, they're willing to get on a plane. They're willing to drive there. They're willing to spend money on a hotel. Like Those people believe in you 
enough and they're looking for something. So can you give it to them is the first question. The answer to that really depends on how you do things. And it's the biggest thing that I can give people, if you're listening to this and you're speaking on stage, whether that is a summit, whether that is a webinar or whether that is a live event, it is not about what you teach. It is about getting the people emotionally involved in what you do and getting them to believe that they believe in themselves. This is like a completely sidestep and Anyone who speaks on stage knows this innately. Like it's not about what you teach because you can teach everything in the world. Most people are going to remember about 10%, mm-hmm. right? They will remember how you made them feel though. And if you make them feel like their dreams are possible and you give them a baby step towards getting it done, they will then join your tribe. They will then pay you money and you will then have permission to sell them stuff. That's the key with speaking on any stage. It's not about teaching everything that you know. I made this mistake for the first year that I did live events. I made money from getting people to the live events because I became pretty good at selling them, but I didn't make very much selling from stage because I didn't get that. I actually went to a Dan Kennedy event (laughs) and Dan told me I was an idiot. He's a grumpy old man. Picture like bad Santa meets like marketing and you end up with Dan Kennedy. That's an interesting description for sure. <laughs> That's I mean, think like bad grandpa, bad grandpa or bad oh, no, Santa. I'm Dan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he so I paid an extra, I think it was $300 to sit. You got to have lunch with Dan and they put like 30 Ooh. people around the table and you got five minutes while he's eating lunch and he's he's like he just kind of shovels food in his face. So he's just like rah, 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 rah. and he's just grumpy old man. So I tell him my story about holding at this point, I'd held a couple events and I was like, and you know, I've made like about $10,000 an event. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. And I thought he was going to tell me that I was doing really well. And he goes, you're an idiot. (laughs) He's like, why? He was like, why aren't you selling anything? And I said, well, I tried. Nobody's buying. He's like, you're, you are doing it all wrong. He was like, go over to the table, buy some of my products. I'll give you 40% of anything that you sell. But he was like, you need to figure this out because he's like, you, you got people in the room, which is great. But he was like, you're, you're doing it wrong from there. And so that let's was... talk a little bit then about uh, how yeah. you change things. You know, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, you're, you were getting people into the room, which is a huge feat in and of itself, right? Especially for live events, right? As you mentioned, people are more invested when they go to a live event because of all the extra costs associated with it. But specifically for like master classes and live events for anyone out there who, who's looking to to host that kind of thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. your information, that's kind of like what the, you know, the carrot and the stick, right? Information, yes, you're going to give it, but of course it is all about how you make people feel. So how do you kind of uh, balance that, if you will? So there are a couple things that I'll say. First off, you have to use stories. Telling emotional stories that have a point to them is the number one thing that you want to do. So think about... First off, I guess I'll, I'll give two, two different sides to this. You are at a eight, nine, or 10 in whatever your specialty is. For you, Kimberly, that's copywriting. For me, that's telling stories, building live events. Like I could talk about live events for these, right? I have courses on it. I have, I've run a five-day live event on how to build live events. If I try to cram all of that into a 30-minute or two-hour even presentation, How effective is that going to be? If you tried to give a masterclass on copy, the stuff that you think about when you're sleeping, 
most people like I just slow down. Yeah, drink but it from the think, fire hose, right? <laughs> right. We think at the beginning, we're like, we're going to give so much value. And if I give a ton of value, people are going to buy from me because they're going to see how great I am. Well, that is an egotistical statement. That is your ego saying the reason people buy from you is because of the information in your head and nothing could be further from the truth. People buy from you because they know, like, and trust you. They can go on YouTube and find anything that I do, anything that you do, anything that anybody does. They can go on YouTube or Google and find the same answer. Almost guarantee it. The difference is people want a relationship with who they buy from. If they don't, they are a bad customer. They are looking for Walmart. Like the only people, there's 3% of any given marketplace that is ready to buy right now. Like they are in so much pain that they have to buy something to solve their pain. And if, they're, if those are the people buying from you, they don't care who you are. They don't care about your backstory. They don't care about how you work. They just want their problem fixed. And the thing is with people like that, I hate to say it, but those people, there's no fixing their problem because their problem is that they don't take action or that they don't, they, they have something that is misaligned in their business and they're looking for a savior. Garrett White, said it best. He was like, if somebody is looking to you to be their savior, you're never going to be able to save them because they don't believe in themselves. That's the 3% of the marketplace, right? They're in extreme pain. Their business is failing. Their life is failing. They're down to their last thousand dollars, anything like that. If those people buy from you, they are going to be your worst customer because they're going to, nothing will be good enough. Nothing's going to be right. They're not taking responsibility. and. That's a really hard thing for a lot of people to grasp. So then you're left with 97%. Well, the 97% you need to build a relationship with. You need to move them one baby step forward. So think about where you are at the start of your journey. Kimberly, if I ask you that, how did you get into copywriting? I was fed up with teaching bratty teenagers English. <laughs> so you had English skill level 10 and you were like, ooh, I wonder if I can use this to sell some stuff. And you probably start reading some books. You probably start watching some videos. Think about what it would take to move somebody that was new to the field one level from a one or a two to a level three. What I mean, if we look back on our own journey, for me, that was stop teaching about features and start talking about outcomes first. What's the outcome that the people in the audience want? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, it's that feature versus outcome versus, you know, benefits, a very common phrase you'll hear in copywriting. The big aha moment people have, right, is they don't care about the shovel. They care about the hole, right? They want the hole to be created. They don't care how it happens. So it's all about the outcome. That's exactly it. So then build a story. You, chances are that people, whatever field you're in, need to have a pivot in their thinking. So you just laid it out very well. It's not about the shovel. It's about the hole. So I was selling at the time I had dentists and chiropractors were, were my primary audiences. And instead of talking to them about all the systems that they needed, I was a sort of Infusionsoft and certified partner. I was selling Infusionsoft to them. That was part of what I did. Instead of talking to them and putting a screenshot up of Infusionsoft, I just talked to them about how it would bring 
an extra 10% into their office. That's what they cared about. And then I build a story that was around the story is what gets somebody to pivot their thinking. So every story is built around an epiphany. The epiphany or the light bulb moment is the moment that changes everything in the story. So whatever your audience needs to shift their thinking ever so slightly about, I tell people, think about what's the big aha that your ideal client needs to realize before they work with you. So for me, it's engagement is way more important than what you teach. If you are engaging and you become somebody that they can't turn off and that they love listening to, they'll buy from you. Eventually they will buy from you because they'll believe in you enough. And that's really the thing. If they believe in you, they'll buy because most people like they're looking for someone to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that for you with copy. It's great. Copy overcomes features and benefits any day, right? It builds, it's same thing. It builds relationship. It's all about building relationship. That's what I talk about all the time is that your marketing should be an extension of what it's like to work with you. It should be a sneak peek at what you're going to provide. And it should also be building that relationship because who wants the one-off customers? Those aren't the people who are going to stick around and build up your business. You want the clients who will stick around and gush about you and rave about you to all of their friends and family and be like, you've got to check out this person because they did something amazing for me. Uh, That is 100% it. So Think about stories that you can tell that highlight that epiphany and telling that story usually three or four different ways. So when I say three or four different ways, tell your, your hero's journey story, which probably highlights that. Tell a customer journey story that highlights that. Tell why you're so passionate about it because people will hear the passion in your voice. These are all things that you can do in stage around one thing. And each one just has a little teaching point in it, right? And when I say a little teaching point, teaching point itself should take like 90 seconds. 90 seconds versus the 50 minutes, right? That you talk about the story. Correct. Because the story, there's a reason Jesus used parables. Whether you believe in the Bible or Christianity or not, there's a reason that that book has been so incredibly useful. Part of it is the message, but it's also because it's 580 some different stories. (laughs) that all point around the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would want done to you. Like that story is told over and over and over throughout the entire Bible and people love it. So that's, I mean, I just turned the Bible into a webinar for anyone paying attention. (laughs) I'm going to put that as a show note bullet, the Bible as webinar for you, Rick. (laughs) That's perfect. I mean, there's, I wish I had it in front of me, I, somebody told me I like coffee a lot. And somebody told me about this coffee roaster in New Jersey that will custom roast coffee for you and send it to you every month. So I went on their website and it was 20 bucks for a pound of coffee, which isn't really that much. It's a little bit more than you'll pay at the grocery store. Right. But I was like, okay, whatever. So I joined, they sent me a pound of coffee. They sent me a handwritten thank you card. That wasn't just thanks for buying our coffee. It's four paragraphs. They also sent me an email. Then she said, Oh, by the way, be on the lookout. We sent you a little something extra today. A box from Amazon shows up with four coffee mugs aren't branded for their stuff. It's actually a different company. There's four different ones in there that are like, one of them is heat treated. One of them's a travel mug like that alone probably cost them 20 bucks. 
probably. Yeah. But they're, they, she said we're a small local business and I don't know how you found me out in Reno, but the fact that you were willing to buy from us, we just want you to know how much we appreciate it. And those are the kinds of stories that, you know, make an impact, right? Well, that's, I'm talking about it on a podcast. I'm going to send an email to my list about it. Why? Because they did something that was unexpected that made me smile. And like, I'm happy to share that. So you can do the same thing in your webinar, in your stage presentation, anywhere that you're at, your story should be front and center. And then your customer stories, your passion story, why you're excited about things. I mean, they talk about how their great, great, great grandfather came off the boat and was roasting coffee. It's on their website. So and it's fun. like, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. You've been a coffee roaster since you were eight years old. I bet you know what you're doing. I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know about the machine. I don't need to know about the coffee beans. I mean, all that stuff's cool, but I don't care. I trust you. You've been doing it since you're eight years old. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of story. So Steve, you have shared so much about how story can be interwoven, how you know giving value can actually detract from you being able to give a great presentation, you know, kind of reframing that in our heads, right? That value and story are so important, but they need to go hand in hand. So what would you say? Well, I want to value. You're, you're illustrating my point and I'm, I'm going to call you out slightly. I don't think you're doing it on purpose. We see value as telling people you need to do this and you need to do this. And this is what you do to get X outcome. Teach, teach, teach. That's what we see as value. Your audience sees value in entertainment and a baby step forward that they can actually do. Because how many people have taken pages and pages of notes at an event? What happens? You go home, that notebook goes on the bed. Oh no, it gets lost somewhere in right. the pile like, of notebooks you have on your desk. <laughs> I have a pile right back there. Yeah. Like, I got a pile that's right what next happens. To the, and maybe if you're lucky, they flip through and they find one thing that they scribbled down, but they can't remember the context around it or how to implement it. So they're like, that doesn't work for me. That is not value. Value is entertaining them and getting them to remember one thing that they can implement. So what's the one thing they can implement, Steve? The one thing they can implement, tell your story. So a passion story, whether, so your hero's journey story is how you learned what you did. I told you mine at the beginning, all about Dan Kennedy and how I learned. He told me, he was like, stop teaching, start telling stories and sell a product. So the product is what comes out of the story, right? So a passion story is how and why you are so excited about what you do. You're started with, I was sick of teaching English to bratty kids and I wanted to do something that changed lives, right? I wanted to do something that changed my life, but then I got involved in it and I saw how it changed my customers and clients' lives. That's the start of a passion story. It gets people excited. It lets them why do why you do what you do instead of, I just want to make money. Absolutely. So it's a great little live on-air training for all of you about 
where value actually comes into play and how to uh, add it into your masterclasses, into your webinars. Because at the end of the day, people buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? And that's kind of what we've been demonstrating here. It's not about the information. You can go Google anything you want in the world nowadays. It's all about, do I like this person? Do I believe in this person? And do I want this person to be in my life? So Steve, I want to thank you again for coming on and for sharing your wisdom. And if people want to learn more about you and death to bad webinars, uh, where can they find you? So if you go to deathtobadwebinars.com, I will get you my free webinar training. We do talk about story in there. We also talk about how to build out a webinar. A webinar can be used whether you're on a live stage, whether you're on a summit, or whether you're actually doing a webinar. All of that is there. The other one that I have for you is storiesthatscale.com. If you go there, we talk about the five core stories that every business needs. We touched on three of them in this interview, but all five of them are covered there. And that is completely free as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the importance of story and how to integrate story into your trainings, your webinars, and your live events. Until next time, keep calm and go dive into your story. 